Welcome back to Teaching Matters, the University of Edinburgh's hub for discussing, promoting, and showcasing teaching and learning around the university. We are a website, blog, podcast, and possibly most importantly, a small group of people passionate about providing platforms for conversations surrounding teaching and learning. This episode is the fourth in our Wikimedia series, which celebrates Wikimedia's 21st birthday, titled Wikipedia, Where Are the Women? Here, we have four women who are introduced in the conversation, offering a variety of perspectives on why women are underrepresented on Wikipedia and what can be done about it. They discuss the vicious cycle of the media-favoring male scientists, how underrepresentation is not just confined to women on Wikipedia, and what can be done to improve on the issue. They also discuss how has the education sector improved in regards to representation of women in STEM, and what areas need further improvement, and what are each participant's calls to action. One point that sticks out to me in this conversation, possibly because I'm a man, is one that Sarah makes towards the end about the role men can play in this issue by educating themselves and passing opportunities to women. I hope this episode can serve as an educational moment in that regard and help facilitate the change we're all hoping to see. Without further ado, here's their conversation. Welcome to another Wikimedia-focused podcast at the University of Edinburgh. My name is Lucy Crompton-Reed and I'm the Chief Executive of Wikimedia UK, which is the national charity that supports and promotes Wikipedia and the other projects. And I'm delighted to be joined by Professor Linda Bold, Professor of Public Health at the University, Sarah Lappin, who is the Women in STEM Society at the University, and Anya Kavanagh, who is a former reproductive biology student at the University and current medicine medicine student at the University of St Andrews in Dundee. So the title of this podcast is Where Are the Women? <laughs> and I think the answer is probably they're in they're in this room and on this podcast. But um, but more seriously, I'd love to start with with Linda and ask, where are the women? Well, the women are are, are working in, in medicine and across STEM subjects in universities, in labs, and in lots of different organizations, but they're perhaps not as visible in the media and online, including in Wikipedia, as they should be. I don't have all the figures in front of me, but we know women are, remain underrepresented on Wikipedia. And we also know that media outlets in the UK and across the world often find it difficult to um, hear from women scientists and others, and often have several times more men that they know they can contact for comment or who are doing research. And that means that Media companies like, for example, the BBC with their 50-50 program have set up objectives to try and encourage more women to be active. The women are there. There's just multiple reasons why they're not featured to the extent they could be. Thank you. Um, I mean, in terms of women on Wikipedia, at the moment, around 18.9% of biographies on the English Wikipedia are, are about women, um, which is obviously massively um, disproportionate. And it, it feels that um, what you've described, you know, the media go to the male scientists, you know, they know them, they're familiar with them. Actually, that creates a bit of a vicious cycle because then it's the male scientists who are being written about more and therefore they have articles that, that are in the media and that can be used to demonstrate their notability on Wikipedia. So, I mean, it really, really feels that these, these things, although they are separate issues, are very much connected. I'd like to bring in, um, we have two, two women who are students and former students at the university, both working in STEM subjects, studying STEM sub- subjects. Um, I'd love to hear your perspectives, perhaps starting with Anya. 
Um, yeah, I think I think it's one of those things that is difficult to think about in isolation. I think discussions of the lack of visibility of women could also probably be extended to, or could definitely be extended to the lack of visibility of black scientists in the UK and um, as well as queer scientists and, and scientists of colour. I think it's again, I, I suppose, as you've just said, it's a bit of a self-reinforcing thing that the, the most visible people are the most contacted and then become even more visible. And I suppose it's uh, it, there's a lot of kind of big systems at play whether it is yeah kind of I don't know women do, having to do more domestic labor as well and ha not not sometimes having like struggling to I guess uh, you know reach kind of levels of professorship as well and you know I think that's it's some, some big systems to try and fight against I suppose. Thank you um, and you're absolutely right of course that the underrepresentation is not confined to women it does apply to to all people who are historically marginalized absolutely and 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 these are these are intersectional issues and we need to treat them as such sarah do you have any comments here yeah i i agree with anya there in those points and i think the visibility also the sort of first problem there a lower lower level is there's just not the same representation of women with, not in media just in the subjects in general I was just talking to um, the informatics school of informatics there just an hour ago and you're talking about how women don't feel safe in the spaces in the university so it's also about retaining those women into these positions where they can then be visible and they can then go and talk to the, the media so there's like two problems there both with the visibility of the women that are already in STEM but also getting the women into STEM so that to allow them to be visible. Thank you, Sarah. Um, I mean, anecdotally, I've heard something very similar in terms of women not necessarily feeling safe. So are schools and universities doing enough to encourage women, girls and women into STEM subjects and to support them when they're there? Um, Linda, as, as the, the professor around the room, I don't know if you have a, um, a perspective on this one. I think this is an improved, I think I come from two perspectives, somebody who's obviously been involved in admissions and in teaching in a college of medicine and also just looking at my, my daughter's experience, she's in her you know last years of school and hearing from her friends. I think things have moved on quite a lot actually. I think the education sector again, not just in the UK but in other countries is trying to encourage more, more girls to be interested in STEM subjects and give them the support that they need to do that. And actually if you look at our admissions, certainly for medicine, we have have more women we have more females more um, women than men who apply I think what happens unfortunately is it's not so much the entry level that is a challenge though clearly there are barriers there but the more senior you become or the more experienced you are the more the structural inequalities the disadvantaged women come to play and we certainly see that in academia and that is not just about parenting and, and motherhood and, and maternity leave and those kinds of things it's also about the out of hours culture, uh, the requirements, and probably also just, uh, you know, institutionalized inequalities in terms of how men maybe are, um, you know, are, are used to behaving and, and used to, to, to competing in different spheres. So I see the big challenge as trying to promote equality across women's studying time and their practicing time and that we need to start early I think we're doing a good job there we could do more but I think we need a bigger focus on as women progress making sure we can retain them and promote them. Thank you very much Linda I mean it, it, it I suppose there's one part of me that finds what you what you just said quite depressing because it, it speaks to the the fact that there are so many structural inequalities at play and the, the systemic bias that we see on Wikimedia, I, I often say, you know, really just reflect, it reflects the fact that we live in a patriarchal society, it reflects the fact that we live in a society where there is you know, massive 
massive amount of inequity. Uh, it's great to hear what schools and universities, particularly at an ambitious level, are doing. I mean, I, I'm old enough in the tooth to to remember some of the uh, the, the implicit bias that was brought to um, to teaching science subjects when I was at school. And it's great to hear that your own your own daughter's experience with you is different. Given the scale of the challenge, what one thing, you know, we can't fix everything at, at all, at, all at once. What one thing would you encourage people listening to this podcast to think about doing differently? I think the, the advice to girls and women would be just to have, build the confidence in yourself and the self-assurance and also to look for mentors. And it doesn't matter if those mentors are people you identify when you're at school, people you identify at university or in your professional life. And they don't have to be other women. They can be men. They can be people from different backgrounds. But a mentor that will promote and support you is absolutely key. And I think that can help deal with some of the structural issues. So that's advice for individuals. Advice for universities and organizations, including the media, is to have an active equalities framework to stick to it. You know, Athena Swan is hugely important for universities, but for media, they need to do that as well. And we really be actively looking for women and also offering training. And we have seen that recently, a number of media outlets having women only training sessions. And that means they find more women who are experts, and they can remove some of those barriers, including confidence, actually, to engage with whatever form of media it is. Thank you so much. That's um, brilliant advice at an individual level, but also a call to action, really. And picking up on your comment about confidence, that is one of the reasons that we know that there are fewer women editors on Wikipedia, because they have less confidence in their own knowledge um, and information and and abilities and, and that is something that we, we need to change but we have to do that at every level and um, Sarah um, what would be your call to action what would you like people to do differently? Oh there's so many things it's hard to pick one I'd say I think one of the really important things is for for the responsibility here not to be on women women are trying to get into these STEM subjects anyway and they're trying to do all the work but we need more support from from men and from yeah like structural um, support as well from the universities and things like that. So I would really love to see more men educate themselves on these issues and in a situation where maybe they're called on to be um, to speak on a, su a subject to actually step up and say actually no I'm going to pass you on to another woman. If you're invited to a panel and you've not got a diverse pan set of panelists saying no I'm going to step back and pass it on to another woman and just actions like that that slowly helps raise the profile of other women. I just jump in there, Lucy. I really endorse that. I often have to decline uh, interview requests, particularly at the current time dealing with COVID and being in public health. I always try and recommend another female scientist to, to speak if she's available. Fantastic. Thank you. And thank you, Sarah. Anya, um, what's your call to action? What would you like people to do differently? I think uh, from a kind of top down point of view, I think a, a recognition of the importance of sociology in STEM subjects. I, I think there's not a corner of science or medicine that is untouched by the, the society that we're learning these and practicing these things in. And I think it would be a, an important forum. I think I know a lot of universities have started doing it at the beginning of Freshers' Week, like a discussion about sexual harassment or a discussion about structural inequalities. But I think it kind of probably more than one session is needed in a variety of different formats. And I suppose just for to equip people to be able to recognise how it does creep into our teaching sessions. It does creep in like a kind of a, a, a lack of 
lack of credibility uh, that a lot of female academics have and feminized academia like I suppose I'm just thinking uh, in medicine like how often sociology type teaching is isn't isn't as respected as like kind of hard pharmacology um or surgery and you know how it can need just being equipping people to be able to name it and identify it and I think just to follow on from what Professor Bald was saying about finding a mentor I think finding a mentor and also finding finding the most confident uh man in your class and always having them at the back of your head thinking okay would would he be doubting himself to apply for this job or it, would this person doubt themselves you know to, to try apply for this and I think it's it's nice having having sometimes having that in your head as a to check check yourself <laughs> that is a fantastic piece of advice I'm actually going to take that myself thank you so much um, I think we're probably out of time I'd like to thank very much um, Linda Bold, Anya Kavanagh and Sarah Lappin and thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the fourth episode of our Wikimedia series. Our fifth episode, Wikimedia and History, will be released next Wednesday. Teaching Matters is brought to you by the University of Edinburgh's Institute for Academic Development. For more posts and conversations about teaching and learning, head to our blog. We'd be delighted for you to join the conversation. To do so, please email us at teachingmatters.ed.ac.uk. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, and now LinkedIn. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider following us on Spotify or leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Music for today's episode was provided by Hook Sounds. In the meantime, stay curious.